Welcome to Realize Human podcast with your host, Estela Vasquez Perez. We'll talk about the strategy and tools to engage people into building a life and a workplace they love. See you inside. So we're talking today about the seven onboarding lessons the pandemic taught me. Let's get this straight. Virtual and hybrid workplaces are not new. It may have just been due for your company. As an employer, you know that adapting to the competitive landscape and emerging technologies is the day-to-day. So you must respond rapidly to changes in the work environment because you know great onboarding helps employers achieve business goals faster by accelerating employee productivity and engagement. Okay, so those, that's the baseline. But you know, it is vital to get our teams in HR, technology, real estate, and business leaders on the same page. A great handoff between departments is critical to succeed because especially when talent acquisition turns into talent management, tends to be a breakup, breakdown point. So if you're an employer, an entrepreneur, or educator, stay with us to learn the profitable benefits of great employee experiences, especially for onboarding this time. One that is consistent, relevant, and attractive to employees and employers alike. Here is my first question. Why do you need great onboarding? Let's help employees avoid buyer's remorse. There is nothing worse than realizing that you made the wrong decision a month into your new workplace. Companies can record up to 30% of salary as a cost of recruiting, hiring, and onboarding. So losing an employee during onboarding or even within the first year means money going to waste. What are the key actions of great onboarding for a distributed workforce? Let me tell you, I have done this globally and way before the pandemic started. And I just have to say that humans are the same in every continent. I'll say just more outspoken here or there. So let's start with the seven lessons I learned about onboarding during the pandemic. Number one, time to build a strong foundation. I mean, we need to connect people with learning and set goals. First, help them connect with personal aspirations with their corporate goals. I'm calling it out because really all over, big or small, employers suck at this. Onboarding teams are so busy communicating processes and policies that they forget the employee is still in shopping mode. We need to engage their hearts to contribute positive and bigger energy to the organization. It is called discretionary effort, and it has a high cost. Technically, you can't even afford it. You have to earn it. So connecting personal aspirations means that their personal career and life plan must fit the corporate scorecard too. Some companies even fail at the basic expectation of communicating that scorecard. It will be very hard to get a great performance when you wonder daily about your priorities as a new employee. So connecting hearts is about igniting feelings of belonging, psychological safety, and establishing clear expectations from the beginning. (music) 
Lesson number two, empathy. I know it's the word that's the fashionable word of the year probably, but you have to mean it. So empathy means getting people set up for success. Early training is an obvious response, but establishing connections, not so much. So in order to establish key connections for the new hire with their colleagues, with their manager and with the organization at large, we need to get something basic in place. Get your mailing lists right. This brings me to adding new hires to mailing lists as a manager or employee on a specific location or a group, etc. And you might say, oh yeah, I already got that. But you can't leave this in hands of the IT department. Human resources must lead the use of information management and secure customized services to employees. You know, the new hire's career. You know the new hire's career. Their family, their demographics. So it is time to explore psychographics. This is when I like to put on my marketer's hat. Get to know your new hire. Take notes of what they disclose to you not just file it away in employee folder. By determining key qualifications and descriptors of your new hire, you can create more meaningful mailing lists that allow you to cater to them. If they have children, they will be invited to the children's party. If they are women, you will have to secure flexibility at work. If you are not doing this right yet, Go to my website and download the cheat sheet to make it right today. This should not take any longer. Lesson number three, reduce that probation period. Yes, you want them to collaborate, align, and also give them responsibilities. But as we know, employers establish that the dreadful probation period sometimes too long. So I want to remind you that new hires are still shopping for other employers too. They either had to choose between offers or tardy employers may still be knocking at their door with a chance. Your probation period is probation for the new hire as much as it is for you as an employer. You must commit and believe in your new employee instead of staying suspicious for so long. Lesson number four, walk the talk. Let's do proper segmentation. Let's just say you started on the right foot and your new hire is aware of organizational alignment to their personal aspirations. You got them on the right employee lists and you are aware that this relationship is not settled yet. Quickly, identify clusters of key talent for the company and subcategorize based on their psychographics. Segment them. You can start showcasing your value proposition and associated key messages. Now you will be relevant to this new hire. If you have ever created an employee value proposition, you will know that one of its foundations include knowing who you are addressing. Pretty much like that foundation of knowing your customer. This is important because 
so many companies launched statements in support of the events of 2020, supporting communities that have been marginalized for a long time. But this is time to make it real. To walk the talk, you need to recalibrate for equity and equality. The COVID pandemic made these segmentations even more specific. Looking at essential workers is versus non-essential workers, for instance. Let's look at some numbers. So, because I want to talk to a bigger market with lots of people to evaluate, I actually have a few interesting stats here. In the US, 69% of all immigrants in the labor force are in the labor force and 70% of undocumented workers are essential workers compared to only 65% of the native-born labor force. 70% of refugees and 78% of black refugees are essential workers. Another stat is a total of 6.2 million essential workers are not eligible for relief payments under the CARES Act, as well as large numbers of the 3.8 million U.S. citizen children under age 17, including 1.2 million U.S. citizen children living in households below poverty level. If your company depends on essential workers today, your value proposition must respond to the needs they have today. It is the human thing to do. So there is a big realization here. Realize that hybrid workforce means knowledge workers and essential workers. It's not really about virtual environment or not, or distributed or not. It is about the skills we're trading in. While governments classify workers as essential or not, and your company may depend on essential workers today, the future depends on a different key segment, and that is knowledge workers, the ones innovating and designing the future business model. Lesson number five, be human. And to be human, you need to address people in a way that is relevant to them, that is valuable. So your employee value proposition will help you here. For now, let's get back to segmentation. Your onboarding program must deliver nuggets of information that are relevant to the new hire. You may be great at 100 things, but only a few may be relevant at this moment for this new hire that can be essential maybe or knowledge worker. They are drastically different segments where the knowledge workers get access to virtual connections while the essential workers are still physically delivering the service. I once had to recruit 2,500 people in Malaysia with a very young population and this required a new value proposition as they were digital and super connected. Jobs were available and the work for talent was determined by compensation. In contrast, 
at the same time, we needed to recruit people in Europe where jobs were scarce and people were more mature in their careers. It was harder for them to lose a job or change. So the messages had to be different. You have a probatory period to establish an employer image using your current value proposition or offer a relevant way of life. This is pure branding for HR. If you have not created an employee value proposition yet, you can get the starter guide on my site. Get some of the strategic blueprints too. That will be very helpful. Lesson number six, increase responsibility and pursue development plans. Let's just say that your message, segmentation, and employee lists are working beautifully too. Congratulations. Those are the basics of marketing for HR. You are ready to discuss engagement. What does even mean? If you ask communication departments, they will count open emails. Maybe how many times they went out to get the employee's attention. Marketing will count time on screen and open tactics. Back to me in organizational design, I will ask for how much discretionary effort we got, organizational alignment and effectiveness in their scorecards. It seems that we are talking very different things here. Engagement means something different for everybody. You must decide first what you want. Do the basic tactics right and make your new hire responsible for developing the skills to achieve their goals. And here is step or lesson number seven, promote your people programs. You will need a blueprint to successfully promote human resources programs and engage new hires as early as possible with a great handoff between departments. These blueprints must complement your employee value proposition and employee brand. As a human resource professional, you are also a communicator. Let's put some more power there. Well, that's it. Those are the seven lessons I learned during pandemic. And I have opened my message box so you can send me your ideas and thoughts of today's episode. I love to hear from you. And if you have any specific questions that we should address, let me know and I'll be happy to explore with my colleagues or invite somebody to help us sort it out. Okay? Thank you. It was great to be with you today. Bye. This podcast runs in English and Spanish, 15 minutes weekly. Este podcast es en inglés y español y lo puedes esperar 15 minutos cada semana.